Yay. It's all right, it's just that my front pockets are fake. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Problems that men don't have. <laughs> well, it's um, a really beautiful thing that God's doing today. And I do love, it's almost like we're serving the same Holy Spirit, isn't it? When all the puzzle pieces fit together. I am going to need my whiteboard today. Um, so is there, oh, thank you. There's helpful people. <laughs> Someone want to help Tony drive? Yeah. I'm sure he's a great driver. I said that. <laughs> Except watch the guitar. Beautiful. So we are doing a series at the moment on kingdom relationships. Um, and you would think that I would talk on relationships today, wouldn't you? That would be the logical thing. Um, because, thank you, because of what Russ talked about last time. Um, but actually today, uh, I really felt on my heart to talk about rest. So today we're talking about living from a place of rest. Um, And if you're confused about why I'm talking about that in a series on kingdom relationships, you know, Russ reminded us last week, we don't live by the values of this kingdom, of of the world around us. Um, There's the verse that says, you know, this, this world is under the influence of the devil. So those values are from a completely different kingdom. We live by the values of our king and what the word says. And he talked about those values being selfless love as opposed to selfishness. But I can tell you right now, it's very hard to live with selfless love when you're really tired. Uh, And I used to be a youth leader back in the day, um, work with a lot of young people and have a team of youth leaders. And of course, young people, they love staying up late. They've got great capacity for late nights and partying on. Um, but every now and then, I would say to my youth leaders, I'd say, hey, it's really hard to be like Jesus and to serve teenagers when you're sleep deprived. <laughs> you're not very much like Jesus when you're tired. Um, physically, it's quite hard. So, but I'm not actually talking about physical tiredness today. Um, I'm going to talk about some quite practical things. Um, but I want to talk about tired souls weary souls. Um, Because while our spirits are alive with Jesus, you know, he's saved us and our spirit is alive again in him, our bodies are still walking around in this world. Um, So sometimes we live in that tension. Those two things are very contrasting and in opposition to each other. So we can have this inner struggle going on where we know that we're alive in Jesus and we know God but we can feel like our daily life and our daily rhythm is just a little bit off somehow. Um, so I'm not going to talk today about different kinds of relationships, you know, how to be a better friend, um, God's pattern for marriage, um, how to date, I don't know, parent and child relationships, forgiveness, all those things about relationships. Even more foundational is that than that is the condition of our soul. Because... Our inner world is what our outer world flows out of. Um, The biggest driver of what we do in our behaviour and our actions is what's going on on the inside of us in our thought patterns and our emotions and the transformation that's happening in the Spirit of God. So it's very hard to live in godly relationships when our soul is weary. And I probably can guess that as soon as I said the term tired soul and weary soul, that it's starting to resonate with quite a lot of us because of the world that we're forced to live in and the patterns of this world. But here's a quick check, okay, quick survey. 
Um, you don't have to do anything with this other than a little quiet check in your heart, yes or no. So here's uh, some indicators of a tired soul. Do you feel always under pressure from having too much to do in too little time? Do you feel like <laughs> do you feel like you're always rushing? Do you feel forced to fire off quick opinions, judgments and decisions without having time to reflect? Do you feel fearful of the future? Are you really affected by what other people think? Are you easily offended? Do you feel preoccupied and distracted and quite harried in your approach to life? Do you feel like you notice but then ignore some of the physical signs of stress and anxiety in your body? Muscle tightness, some organ discomfort, gastrointestinal stuff, headaches, or restlessness when you're trying to sleep? Are you very sensitive to noise and get quite irritated by things very quickly without being able to explain why? <laughs> it's not like anybody I know. <laughs> Do you feel unenthusiastic about others' growth and success? Or maybe unenthusiastic about pursuing new relationships and friendships. You feel like you're at capacity for people instead of being able to openly embrace new people. Do you feel like things aren't funny anymore? And you don't feel like doing things just for fun anymore? So that's a bit of a quick survey. So maybe your soul is weary. And it's not because... How do I say this? Redemptively, because I am speaking redemptively, because we all are a product of this world. We all have to live here. Um, so we can live with God, but still be affected by a kingdom that we don't belong to and a set of values and patterns that are not in the best interest of humankind. Uh, because they're set up by the opposing kingdom. It's not the best way for us to live, to live in the values and the patterns of this world. So I have a whiteboard today. I'm going to rival some of Russ's whiteboard drawings. And I put this jacket on and it already had a whiteboard marker in it, which is amazing. But it's a sign, but it also means that I stole it from a local primary school. <laughs> and stealing is not in the pattern of God's values. So now I know I have it, I will return it. All right, so a human being... Thank you. Do you like good circles? Uh, human beings are triune. We, we talk about a triune God having three parts. So do humans. We're made in his image. So it's no surprise, is it? Um, and we talk about body, soul, and spirit. When we talk about those three things, we talk about our physical body, um, being the thing that we walk around in and it being affected by things like hunger and sleep, drinking enough, not staying up late watching the Olympics, stuff like that. Our soul, we talk about being our mind, our will and our emotions. So our inner life. But then as people who know God, we also believe in a spiritual part to humankind where we have a deep part of us that belongs with God in relationship. So spirituality, and even the world will tell you this, spirituality is described in the world as belonging or a deep sense of connectedness 
And as people who know God, we believe that that connectedness and that spiritual part of us is only found in Jesus. The world's version of spirituality will say that you can be connected to nature, uh, that you can be deeply connected to yourself, or you can be connected um, to other gods not of this world, so the new age um, or fake gods. So there is that element as well. But for us in the kingdom, body, soul and spirit. The world, especially in modern Australia, because we're, we're very enlightened here in modern Australia, we like to live like this. We like to live as if there's only a body and a soul. You do have things on the inside, but mostly you've got to work with what you've got on the outside. You've got to work with your physical world in order to have life change and deep, deep transformation. If we do do anything with the spiritual in modern Australia, it tends to be out here and of the occult or the new age. Most modern Australians live like this because of the worldview that we grow up in. Um, and what that means, though, is to change anything about how you feel, you're limited to this. And what that looks like is I'm going to go and do some exercise on the beach at sunset in my active wear, and that's going to fix my weary soul. I'm going to have healthy smoothies every morning. <laughs> that's going to fix my weary soul. Can you see how limiting that is? And I'm not condemning those things. I love all of those things, by the way. I do love active wear. That was a gift from God. <laughs> Stretchy pants. Um, I do love smoothies. I do love Netflix on a Friday night, selectively. I'm not condemning any of those things. They can be enjoyed by a healthy soul as part of the great world that we get to live in and all of God's creation. Uh, they're gifts from God as good things. But this world hangs its hope of transformation on those things, as if those things alone have power to fix our tired souls. And there are multi-billion dollar industries built out of them, aren't they? Eating the right things, having the right vitamins, doing the right exercises, meditating. Do those things, you'll come back into alignment. But without Jesus, if you have no spiritual domain, how do you fix a spiritual problem without Jesus? You can't. You're putting a Band-Aid on it, a temporary solution to an eternal problem. And once again, your soul gets tired, and once again, you've got to go back and try something new. And that's where the money is made, having to come back over and over again. So without the Spirit of God, your body and your own willpower is all you have. Have you ever tried to do massive life change with sheer willpower? <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> it can be done, and when it is done, we all celebrate and they get a colour page in a magazine of how well they did in changing their life. But the good news is we actually live in the kingdom. We live here. This is what's true. The soul actually does respond to what's happening around us. So it's affected by the things happening in this world. You know that. If you don't sleep well, you get grumpy <laughs> in your emotions and the soul on the inside. If you have a season of grief or stress, 
It affects your soul. And if you don't have Jesus and any spiritual resources to draw from, it affects your soul. The good news is that souls are steerable. They're able to be influenced by our choices and the things around us. So what we emphasise, what we focus on, what we choose can really change the condition of our soul. You heard Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? Have you ever felt that disquieted soul? Hope in God, or put your hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So it's like, yes, my soul is like this. Put your hope in God. Look at his face. It can be changed. We're not stuck feeling the way that we feel. And what's beautiful about the kingdom that we live in is this part of us, the spiritual part, is connected to the spirit of our creator. The power of heaven is in this domain. And the king that we serve in our kingdom is the prince of peace. So you can imagine the influence that he can have on a weary soul. Very powerful. Let's see what Jesus said though. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Jesus gives true rest is the little subtitle, which I love. Come to me. Have you heard that yet this morning? Come. Jesus with his arms open. Jesus is the answer. Fiona said it too. Come, come. Did you realise you said that a few times? Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Other translations say weary for labour, by the way. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you heard this a million times in your Christian life? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, And something I didn't really realise about it was they would use yoke figuratively back then. So when they, it was like a metaphor. So a yoke is the wooden bar or frame that joins two oxen together. I was a farm girl growing up, but we used motorbikes and not <laughs> this kind of stuff. But anyway, they would join the two oxen together so they could pull together um, and they could stay on course. And they used to use this word to describe a set of teachings that a teacher or a rabbi would give their followers. So my yoke is the set of instructions that I give you for how to live. That's what Jesus meant when he was talking about it. He's not actually saying, pick up a wooden thing. He's saying, pick up what I say about life and work with it. So his ways, his teachings, and it's given to us in gentleness and humility. It's given to us fully understanding our human condition and being loving and gracious. He's not giving us a set of instructions and a way to live that's burdensome and really difficult, like we're walking a tightrope and if we step off either side, there's going to be massive disaster. He's giving us a pattern of living that we can do. We can do this Um, because it's a gift to us. It's, It's gracious. 
And what I love about it is that if we do take my yoke upon you, if we do, you will find rest for your soul. He's talking long term. He's not just talking about fixing how weary or tired you feel right now. He, he does do that. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. That's the first part. If you feel like that right now, come to Jesus. But the second part is, if you live in his pattern, you will find rest for your soul. There's power in doing life his way because he knows us best. That daily pattern, the way you live. I was talking to a friend um, and she had a family member who was going through some really difficult things and they'd said to her, but you're the good one. You're the one whose life always goes well. And she said, actually, what I realised is not that that was true, but that for decades I've been saying the yeses to Jesus over time and how life, different life looks when you take his yoke and live that way for a lifetime. It goes in a very opposite way, way to the way of the kingdom. And when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, the word easy doesn't mean piece of cake. <laughs> you all know if I said, hey, do everything the Bible says, life will be a piece of cake. You know that that doesn't ring true either because Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome this world. Sometimes people think if they start following Jesus, if all their problems will disappear. That's not what Jesus promised. In the physical, we still very much live here, don't we? Yeah, stuff still happens. Hey? The roof still leaks, <laughs> literally. Our roof is leaking. Uh, yeah, the coffee grinder breaks down, literally, also happened this week. Both disastrous. <laughs> One more than the other, exactly. Uh, but the word easy here doesn't mean not difficult, it means well-fitting. So they would carve the wood specifically to the size of the oxen exactly. This means that Jesus in his love has a way of living and a pattern of living for you that fits you comfortably, so comfortably, made, made just for you, special for you. <laughs> Jesus' way of life works for our souls. Yeah, Matthew 10, 28, I actually didn't put this in here because I only just thought of it just then. It says, Do not be afraid of those who will kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the body and the soul. In hell. So this way of living can't keep our soul alive. We have to live this way. The emphasis of our life has to be on our soul. So what I mean by that is even if our physical circumstances are difficult, our soul can still prosper. There's the verse in the Bible too that says, though we are wasting away day by day, meaning getting older and breaking down, we are being renewed inwardly. I want to get to the end of my life and have my soul more alive in Jesus than I ever have. I want to be one of those crazy old people who just like preach the gospel on their deathbed to their grandkids and it's a little bit awkward, but you don't care. I want to be like that. <laughs> So how do we get to that place? Jesus told this story, Matthew 7. 
Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was it Great was its fall. So it's not the hearing of the words or knowing of the words that gives our life a solid foundation and restores our soul. It's the doing. So I could have gone into today Jesus' pattern for the doing, how to do certain relationships, how to do family, how to do life. But it's all in there. You can go and look, and all your situations are going to be different. So you go and look. What's in there for your situation and your life? Find all the bits that you need to know. He talks about money. He talks about lifestyle. He talks about Sabbath. He talks about um, the pattern of Jesus where he would go away from the crowds to pray and be in solitude and silence with his father. He turned away from fame and notoriety. So different to the values of this world, aren't they? You think about what's normal in our culture, which is cancel culture, isn't it? Don't like what someone's saying? Block them out. Cancel. Get rid of toxic people. You don't have any time for them in your life. (laughs) Get as many likes as you can. Does that sound familiar? Be suspicious of people in authority. They're probably hiding something. And be incredibly loose with your language and the things that you say. It's a very tiring life for our souls. It actually doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for people. And it's really easy for us to gradually assimilate to the world's normal because we're in it 24-7. So without examining it and how it contrasts with Jesus' view of doing things, it just happens over time. It just gradually wears you down. So I do want to speak into one practical thing today in the big picture of finding rest for your souls. And it's been a hard-learnt lesson (laughs) and a long-term battle for us. So early in our 20s, um, Tim and I were very passionate for the Lord, um, but we were also studying and doing all kinds of things. But we would say of ourselves, I'm laughing already, (laughs) Ah, how you look back on your younger days. Anyway, we said we were high capacity. We were special people um, because we could do things for God. And we did. We did heaps of stuff for God. Um, And we didn't have kids for quite a few years, so we could keep that pattern up. But every now and then, we'd get to a stage in this pattern where we're like, ah, we've had enough. And we would like go away for a weekend because we needed it. Can you see this pattern? Run, 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 run. Ah, I'm going to die. Stop and refresh. Run, 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 run. I'm going to die. Ah, stop and refresh. And we would repeat that pattern many times in our life. And I remember um, one of my friends from uni said, um, I'm seeing this pattern in your life. You might want to think about that. <laughs> and I was pretty hard-hearted. I'm like, oh, no. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was, I was one of the special ones. I was one of the high-capacity ones. God had called me to do stuff. And I was going to do stuff. And you can imagine a couple of decades later, um, we laugh now. We think we're quite low-capacity people. And I've since discovered that I'm an introvert and I do actually need a lot of time on my own to think. Um, and we have a funny conversation in our house that happens quite often 
Oh, Tim's like, what are you doing? And my answer is staring weirdly at the wall um, because that's what I do. I retreat into my thoughts, think deeply about things, and I end up staring weirdly at the wall. Um, and I need that now. And I never gave myself time for that before because the fear of this world, the values of this world says, do, 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 strive, strive, strive. If you don't, what will happen? Um, and that is not God's pattern. So if you think about the role of the Sabbath, so the Sabbath is um, the word that we describe to mean God's pattern where we rest one day in seven. Um, that's how he set the world up. We come back to the priority of the spiritual and Jesus as the focus one day in seven. We put all the work aside, we put all the busy aside, um, and we do the Jesus thing one day a week and just rest. And it's beautiful that it's not a heavy burdensome thing that God gave us, but it's actually a gift from him. So in Genesis, when he set the world up, he rested on the seventh day, not because he needed to. He wasn't tired. <laughs> He's God. He doesn't get tired. But he rested um, because it's in his pattern to just be, to not strive, but he is enough to just be. And we are his creation. We are enough just being. We don't have to achieve. And the values of this world tells us that we have to achieve to be worthy. And sometimes we have adopted that culture in our churches as well. We must do, we must achieve, we must get it right. And so it's a gift to us. And Jesus did say that again to his followers. He said, um, the Sabbath, uh, no man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. He's like, I gave you this. You get to do nothing one day in seven and the world will still turn and he will still provide for you. He is the source of life. We are not. The seasons will keep moving. Everything will keep happening even if you stop for one day in seven because that is the God we serve. He's the God of enough and his values and his pattern sustain life way better than the values of this world can. You know, I used to have a favourite movie um, in my 20s called Freedom Writers. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a true story. And it's about an English teacher who went to teach in a really tough school. I used to get really inspired by these movies because my first career was teaching. Um, and I get so inspired because she took all these kids who had really distressed home lives and hated school and managed to teach them English and how to, how to write um, like diary writing and journaling as a way of expressing themselves, but also as a way of learning and achieving um, and getting higher marks in school. Very inspiring story. Except that she lost her marriage. There was a point where her husband said, choose your work and these kids or choose me. You're putting me way down the list. Um, and she chose her work. And after that, it wasn't so inspiring to me anymore. <laughs> is that one of the things I found difficult to do in my early life was to prioritise the relationships that God had given to me. There are many teachers. Tim only has one wife. And saying yes to the things that God gives us to say yes to, to his yoke, not to everything, but saying yes to his yoke, and saying no to the things that we need to say no to. And someone prophesied that over Tim and I once. Protect your yeses, um, because they matter for the kingdom. 
You know, when I was a kid, I remember Sunday trading being illegal. Does anyone else remember that in Tasmania? All right, so the laws for changing Sunday trading didn't come into late 80s, early 90s. And I remember the debate. And I remember being a kid and saying, cool, Dad, we can go to the shops on Sunday. I think it was Dad. And he's like, oh, no, this is not going to be good because all the people who have businesses aren't going to be home with their families. Um, And you think about the shift that has happened in society where we don't rest as a society anymore. I know that not everybody knew Jesus (laughs) back then. I'm not saying it was a better time or more spiritual, but I'm saying that as a society, when we used God's pattern, our souls were healthier. And you don't need me to give you data to prove that. You know the data that's out about how society feels right now and the health of our souls um, as a whole. Um, It's kind of like Dr. Phil says, he's like, how's that working out for you? (laughs) When you look at what's going on, you think, well, how is that working out for us? When we live like this, and then we also don't do God's pattern with this, we can't wonder why we have sick souls. There's always a chance when we talk about God's pattern (laughs) that we're going to slip into that works mentality, isn't it? Okay, if I do all the right things, if I get it all right, then it's going to be okay. Um, But this is where this comes in, isn't it? This is the word of God, living our life in pattern, on the rock, doing what he says. This is the word and this is the spirit. We actually need the Holy Spirit to save our souls, firstly, to make us spiritually alive in him, but also it's the power and the love that helps us do this. We need the word and the spirit. We need to take the word seriously and the pattern of God's world. How, how things are done and we need to take an inventory of our life and say, is all the parts of my life in line, in alignment is the word that's been coming out in the prophetic words today as well. In alignment with the word of God is what this says, all the little stuff <laughs> about how to live. Am I doing those things? And the other side is, am I living in partnership in the power of the Holy Spirit? So that prayer, um, we have to adjust constantly because like I said, that wearing down effect and new seasons in life come as well. And when those new seasons come, it can adjust the way that we're living. So constantly getting before God and saying, is this your will for my life? Is this your yoke for me? Is my life in alignment with you? So the power of living life God's way and the power of his Holy Spirit come together and both affect our soul in a way that makes us alive and free. And it's a really, really exciting way to live. And not many people in our world get to live that way. I've lost my pages. Aren't you excited by that? (laughs) I just got one more thing that I want to speak into. That first verse in Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Another word for that is burdened. So weary is when it's too long. You're living that way for too long. Burdened is the weight that you carry. 
There's two reasons that we can be burdened or heavy laden. The first one is because the burden is actually your responsibility. So when you're caring for the very young, the very old and the very sick, um, if you're in a position of governance for the sake of others, if you're one of essential workers, um, not only do we owe you a debt of gratitude, um, but that burden and that weight is a responsibility that's been given to you and it's right for us to shoulder those. Sometimes it's beyond our control, isn't it? Um, but it still can't be put down because it's a person that God loves um, and we're family. But that's why Jesus promises especially for you, come to me and I will give you rest. If there's a burden that you must carry, don't fear because uh, he promises rest. Keep coming to him. Um, he also says, you know, cast your cares on the Lord, cast your burdens on the Lord because he cares for you. Give it over to him every time that you need to. Just keep doing that because we know that the weight will wear you down over time. Keep giving it to Jesus. And he tells also the rest of us, Jesus followers, carry one another's burdens. <coughs> We're not free from responsibility either. Where one of us needs to carry a burden, we are required to support, to pray. Um, sometimes we look back and say, there's nothing I can do for you in your circumstance, but we must pray. Um, and do all the practical things that we can do to carry those burdens that just must be carried. And what a great privilege it is to do that for one another in the seasons where we need to. But the second reason that you might feel burdened is because you've picked up a burden that's not yours to carry. It could be a job. It could be a romantic relationship or a commitment that you made to something and you feel this stuckness or this duty to, to just carry on with that perpetually. And it's heavy. Or it doesn't fit you quite. <laughs> I had a phone call a few weeks ago um, and someone asking that I would help out with an event. Oh, someone put your name forward that you would be great at logistics. <laughs> um, I just said, I'm really sorry, but I'm not. And I, I know that you're doing great work, but if I picked that up, it wouldn't fit me. And it would be so heavy, and I would be horrible to my family. <laughs> so come to Jesus, let him revive your soul, and in that strength, let him help you make the tough decisions. What's not yours to carry? And we constantly have to do this, by the way. This is not a one-time thing. This is a regular reflection. Was this something that you wanted me to say yes to? Is this your will for me? Is this my yoke? And have the courage to put things down when they're not our yoke to carry. So in the end, you know, that effect of coming to Jesus on your soul, his spirit coming into your inner life, there's no other way to be alive. His spirit comes in, the spirit, but we also bring our natural life, our everyday life into alignment with his word. It's spirit and it's word. And those two things have an accumulative effect on your soul despite your circumstances. We can live with a healthy soul and the world needs us to. The world needs us to live in the pattern of God's kingdom, not of this world. Um, I do just want to pray. And also if you're here um, and you recognise this, 
where there hasn't been a spiritual part to the way that you've lived before. You've been trying to do it in your own strength and it's been really tiring. So we really want to encourage you that Jesus is alive and well. (laughs) And like Lance said, he is the answer. There's no other answer to saving our souls but Jesus. So if you haven't met him, um, it's the best thing ever. Like Nicola said (laughs) on the news, it's just like putting Jesus as number one just brought her life back into alignment physically as well as spiritually. And Jesus can do that for you. Um, He's the only way. So I just encourage you to talk to your friends if they bought you or if you don't know anybody, (laughs) they're kind of friendly. So find someone who uh, we'd all love to talk to you about Jesus because we're pretty excited about what he's done in our life. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your gracious pattern, for your gift of life and your gift of um, freedom in this life, God, that we can live in your pattern and your pattern Um, is so life-giving and so gracious. So we thank you for that, Jesus, and I just pray for your Holy Spirit to just speak to us now about things that need to come into an alignment with you. God, where we're just hearing your words and not doing them. God, where we've been living without the power of your Holy Spirit, just bring us back into an alignment with you, Jesus. Amen.